Welcome to Living the Questions, a podcast of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Cheyenne. Thank you for joining us. Here on Living the Questions, we wrestle. We wrestle with life's dilemmas, we wrestle with current events, and we wrestle with what it means to live lives of integrity. We hope that you find some community, some comfort, and some hope in this time together. To learn more about our congregation, you can visit our website at uucheyenne.org. Welcome all to our podcast for this week. Each week we dive into a question, and this week the question that we are diving into is what can one person actually do to make a difference? What can one, any one of us do to actually make a difference in our communities, in our world, or as uh, is on the minds of many, I think, in our upcoming election? So sit back, relax, get ready to join us for some reflection, some engagement, and an interview with an amazing, amazing community activist here in Cheyenne named Kathleen Peterson. So let's dive in. So to kick off our wrestling with this question, what can any one person do to actually make a difference in our world? Uh, I want to invite us to talk about some non-election news. Oh my goodness. Yes. Things other than the presidential election are happening and I am delighted this week to get to talk about some news out of the Vatican. Um, This week, a documentary called Francesco premiered at the Rome Film Festival, and in it, in an interview, um, Pope Francis says the following. He says, homosexuals have a right to be a part of the family. They are children of God and have a right to a family. We have to create, or what we have to create is a civil union law. That way they are legally covered. That's the sound of my mind being blown about the head of the Catholic Church coming out and saying that queer folks are children of God who have a right to families. And I bring up this news story because I feel like this is an example of somebody who's in a in a position of immense power and authority like right like literally god's chosen representative on this earth in the roman catholic tradition and like that vested with that amount of power and authority right one person can say or do things that have huge impacts on all of our lives And I think about, you know, as I read this story, I was thinking about, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a Catholic teenager struggling with my sexuality right now and to hear that from Pope Francis. And this is not to say that Pope Francis is, you know, the leading religious expert on LGBTQ inclusion, because he is certainly not. But I think this is an example where one person and the thing that they have said can make a real difference 
in the lives of so, so, so many people. And right, it can be easy to say, well, well, of course, like Pope Francis can make a difference in people's lives by saying those things because he has all of this authority and this huge platform. And rather than you know, hearing this story and thinking, well, I'll never have the kind of power that Pope Francis has. And so the things I say will never matter as much. Instead, I would, I would invite us to hear this as an invitation to see what is the power that we have? What is the power that I have to use the platform that I have to say the thing that will make a difference in people's lives? And whether that's just you know, on your Facebook page or around your dinner table or in your book club that's meeting on Zoom or with your friend when you go for a walk outside. Whatever relationships you have, whatever power you have, whatever platform you have, I really see this as a reminder that the things that we say matter. And that the things that we say can make a difference in people's lives. For good or ill, people are listening to us. People are listening. And more than ever, I think this story is a reminder of how we can impact other people by offering words of affirmation and by letting people know where we are on important issues and knowing that not taking a position, not letting folks know what we think and where we, where we rest on an issue, that that is itself a position. And so in this story, this one small instance of somebody using their platform to affirm the dignity of a group of people who have been, you know, cast aside in so many ways by the Catholic Church, I I just see this really powerful invitation for each of us to claim our own power, to, to proclaim the truth and to do it in love and to know that it, it matters and that it can make a difference in people's lives. So in order to ground our wrestling with this question around, um, right, what can any one of us actually do to make a difference in this world, to help ground this in Unitarian Universalism, I want to talk this week about one of our principles. And it's a principle that I think we don't often talk about very much. So Unitarian Universalism has currently seven principles that are articulated in our denominational bylaws uh, that are not so much dogma or doctrine um, as they are an invitation to a way of being in religious community, both for us as individual people and specifically for our congregations as, as collective entities. And so the sixth principle is um, the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. And 
I think that I remember as a kid who was raised Unitarian Universalist, I remember hearing that principle when we learned it, um, and especially as I started to learn the principles in their formal adult language. Um, and I would hear that one and just, it felt so far away, right? It feels so lofty and disconnected from our individual realities, right? It's the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all, which right, that, that sounds like, um, like a platitude that goes on the base of a statue, right? That sounds like, um, that kind of lofty aspiration that doesn't always interact with our actual lives. Um, and so I wanted to lift up, right, there are lots of different versions of our seven principles, you know, kind of translated for younger folks. Um, and so the, the one of the kids' language versions of this sixth principle is that we believe in working for a peaceful, fair, and free world. And what I appreciate about this sort of simplified language version is that word working. Because to me, that word working implies that this is an active principle. This is a principle that invites us to do work, to take action, to be working. And that, that uh, the, the traditional language one where it's the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all, right, that the idea that like we just all have to agree that it's a goal for me the active the working language of the the kids version helps me feel not so frozen by the size of the call and i don't know about you but when i hear that i'm supposed to have you know, be part of a religious community where we have the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for every one of the 7 billion human beings on this planet. Um, that feels like a pretty tall order to me. That feels like the kind of task that's so big that I don't know if I know how to start. I don't know if I know how to try. But when I hear an invitation to be part of a community that is w working for a peaceful, fair, and free world. That feels like something that I can participate in because it doesn't require that I have answers about what it means to have a world community of peace and liberty and justice. It just requires that I'm willing to work towards that. And so as we think about you know, our sixth principle and what it is really asking of us as Unitarian Universalists, I invite us to think about that active working piece of it rather than the sort of theoretical lofty goal piece of it. And to hear in that sixth principle an imperative um, not to have big ideas, but to be willing to take action, to be willing to work for a world that is more fair, to be willing to work for a world that is more peaceful, to be willing to work for a world that is more free. And that 
at least for me, I'd much rather be part of a community who is willing to work on those things than a community that is committed to having an answer about what it looks like. So in a moment, you are going to hear an interview with Kathleen Peterson. Kathleen is a member of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Cheyenne, where I am the minister, and I am so grateful for her willingness to talk to us about how she has stuck with it through many, many years of being the kind of person who shows up and makes a difference with her presence. Um, So I am honored and delighted and just so deeply grateful uh, to welcome Kathleen Peterson to our podcast this week. So hello, my name is Kathleen Peterson. Uh, I go by um, Kathy and KP and a lot of other nicknames. I identify as she or her. Um, I have been um, attending the uh, Unitarian Universalist Church of Cheyenne for, I just looked at it, it's like since 2003. So that makes that 17 years, which is really hard to believe. Um, I went for a while and then I didn't join and then I left and then I came back and I went for a while and I joined. So uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Thank you so much, Kathleen, for being with us. Um, So I should say that I think of Kathleen as an activist and an advocate and a person who really just works tirelessly for change in her community. Um, So Kathleen, how long would you say that you have been an activist or how long have you been really advocating for change in your community, whether that's here in Cheyenne or or somewhere else before here? Oh my, that's, that's a hard question. Um, You know, all of my life, and I know some people have heard this, all of my life I have worked in um, jobs that are um, service-oriented, family-oriented, children-oriented. I think I've always uh, seen myself as trying to speak for those who don't have a voice. I've worked in child protection. I've worked in the juvenile court system. So I think my whole bent has been to try to help uh, those who maybe need a little extra help. Yeah, that's a, that's a long career doing beautiful work. Um, Thanks. So, but I think that the, or I should say, you're certainly somebody who has stayed in it for a long time. And uh, I really admire that. And I think lots of our folks in our community admire that in you. And so I think it might be helpful if you would be willing to to talk about when in your, whether it's your professional work or, you know, your activist work outside of your, your nine to five, when have you been at your most frustrated or your most hopeless or feeling the most, you're your most powerless in, in that work? Um, and how did you keep moving through that that frustration or that hopelessness? Well, the, the term that comes to mind, and I don't know if we can be political on this, but the term that comes to mind is back in the day when the Democrats roamed the earth or roamed Wyoming, 
Um, I, start, I started getting involved in the Democratic Party. It's been, a, well, probably about 10 years ago. And um, to, to be a Democrat in Wyoming is probably one of the most challenging um, events you can ever try to deal with. I, I've helped people run for office. I've run for office myself. Um, written letters, contributed money, whatever. And it's so frustrating to see good, hardworking, ethical Democrats get defeated because they have a D behind their name and not the R. So I think that's when I find it hard. And I, and I know it's hard for other people who are trying to support um, Good candidates. We have a we have a bunch running this year, um, and I think you just have to keep trying to push that rock up the hill. <laughs> yeah how how do you keep trying to push the rock up the hill? Um, <laughs> I talk to people. I go to meetings. I um, look at social media. Maybe a little bit too much, but I. Look what's happening on the social media. Um, I make comments, some appropriate and some maybe not so appropriate, but just trying to keep having our voice heard. I think sometimes people do get frustrated and they just give up. And I, I just, I just don't ever want to do that. What would you say to people who say that um, politics is so big that there's no way that one person can make a difference? Oh, particularly here in um, in uh, small communities, and I would count Cheyenne a small community, we have seen um, people lose <laughs> by one or two or three or four votes. And uh, so one person does make a difference. Um, I go to the legislature every um, session and listen in on different topics that are of interest to me. And I make, I make a statement or make a comment to the committees. And um, I think I know when I've had an impact when people start quoting back to me what I said. So, so that's one way of, of knowing if you've made an impact. But I, I think each person has an ability to do that, whether, whether they feel like they can or not. Um, some people say I can't walk or knock doors. I can't. I, they do a lot of I can't, but you can do, you know, phone calls or letter writing or uh, talking to your neighbor, uh, admitting, you know, to some of your beliefs. I, I love that framing so much of, but people, when they, we think about how we can make a difference, it's so easy to go to the, I can't yeah. and that how to begin from the place of, I can, um, and really claim our power in that way, um, in our communities. Yeah. I, I, one of the things when I was thinking about this, um, interview coming up, um, uh, what I believe is most people want to do good. Most people want to have that impact, but they just don't know how. They don't know, they don't know how, where to go or who to talk to 
or um, how to even get that started. And I think they get immobilized with that, that, that they don't know. I know I've had people um, uh, contact me and say, how, how do you get involved with the community? What do you do? What's your, what's your secret? And, and part of that is just starting that conversation, you know, to ask people and uh, uh, kind of network and see what's happening and how you can get involved in that. That's such a good reminder of, you know, it's just starting a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's just start, it's going out, it's starting a conversation and uh, trying to make those connections. Um, so what, um, other than, you know, just continuing to talk to other people, if you had to invite everyone listening to this to do one thing before the election on November 3rd, or even just this year, if you, had, if you could invite everyone listening to do one thing to help make a greater impact in their community, what would you, what would you tell them to do? I think I would uh, tell them to think of what interests them, what, what piques their, their curiosity, what piques their passion, um, what would you like to be involved with, and to search that out, to search out who is, who's involved in that, who can you contact. Um, I'm really, <laughs> I just kind of butt in and say, you know, I'm here, I want to help, I want to be involved, whether I get invited or not. So I, I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's what I do. Um, so, <laughs> so I think, I think about what it is that you that you like and would like to to be involved with. There's clubs, there's service clubs, there's different organizations you can volunteer at. Um, You can uh, support support the candidates uh, before their election and also afterwards um, when things come up in the legislature to be present. A lot of times, um, I think just the, just being there. I, I, some people go, oh, I don't want to talk. I don't want them to, you know, I don't want to have to answer questions or whatever. And what I tell them is sometimes just being there counts a whole lot. They see somebody in that chair that's interested, and I'm talking about the legislature now, but but I think that um, that works for other things. To be there, to have your presence, to be counted, and know that, uh, let people know that you're that you're uh, interested and want to be involved. Yes. Yeah. Being counted is uh, the, the first step to advocating for change together. Right. Well, is there anything else you want to share other wisdom that you want to offer to people who are feeling frustrated or hopeless or anything like that? Well, you know, I think if nothing else, the, the COVID-19 um, to me has um, pointed out the, the uh, value and um, there's another word I'm looking for, but the value of relationships that um, I don't know about other people, but sometimes I get to running so fast that I'm not quite sure what I'm doing, but, but to stop and think about your family, your friends, your community, um, the bottom line is, I think that's what it comes down to, your church. I mean, my connection with the Unitarian Universalist Church 
of Cheyenne has gotten me over some hard spots and um, let me know that I'm not alone. So maybe just getting getting involved with your church, even if you don't know what to do or how to do it, just being there and being a part of that community. Um, I, th I think that I know to me it made a, a difference for me. Uh, the first time I came in contact with UUs was when there was a small group of people protesting the war in front of the Capitol. <laughs> and I didn't realize there were people here in Cheyenne that, that uh, thought that way. So find your family. They're, they're out there. Yes. Kathleen, I think you could offer us all a master class in the art of showing up and keeping showing up and showing up even when it's uncomfortable or hard or we haven't been invited. So I am uh, really grateful for for the ways that you keep showing up both within our church community and here in Cheyenne. So thank you. Well, thank you for those kind words. And yes, let's all show up. Thank you for listening. Your presence matters to us. Whether you are here in Cheyenne or across the globe, we are grateful that you would spend this time with us. If you'd like to connect more with our community, you can visit our website at uucheyenne.org. I'm the Reverend Hannah Roberts Vilnave, and on behalf of a grateful community, thank you. We'll see you soon.